my basement, everybody. We've got a very special show today. Let's be honest, they're all damn special. We try to make every show very special and fun. Uh, but we've got two guests on the show for us today uh, who have uh, been a part of a team that has brought us an incredibly large video game. It is called XCOM 2. And I'm uh, joined by um, the executive producer, Garth DeAngelis and by the designer, Mark Nada, And uh, we are going to get into it a little bit because these guys have been squired away, working very, very hard on the game. And as we all know, uh, they are still working very hard on the game because that's how the video game industry works these days. There is no end date to shipping these things anymore. Isn't that the case, Garth? Oh, yes. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it is a behemoth of a game. Yes. yes. Yes, well, congrats on the uh, on the launch and uh, the glowing reviews. And uh, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm about five hours into this thing. I loved it. I streamed some, and uh, uh, I got some excellence, um, and then I got killed a lot. Uh, uh -huh. It took me about five tries to get past the first mission, because if you don't stay with XCOM, you lose your skills with a Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is something that you got to kind of shift back into. It's like golf. You can't. You can't get off the. You can't get, you can't get off the, uh, the. The field. You got to stick with it. Yeah. And, and lose those skills a little bit. T talk to me about the resurgence of XCOM. Obviously, this was a huge computer game back in the early '90s. Yes. Yes. Early '90s. Uh, and 2K and Firaxis really thought that this could be revitalized, um, and it was um, expertly so on the consoles and the and the uh, tablets, but also uh, definitely on the PC. And Mac, I think, too, right? It's basically yep. everywhere, right? Um, yep. What, talk about the, were you involved with XCOM coming back or a part oh, of yeah. that decision? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people on the team uh, still on XCOM 2 that were part of Enemy Unknown, mm -hmm. which was Firaxis's sort of reenvisioning of UFO defense. Uh, Jake Solomon, our creative director, was sort of the the, the, the spark that, that brought XCOM back uh, into the fold. Um, and he was one of the biggest fans from the original UFO Defense, and and really believed that um, a strategy house like Firaxis uh, could do could do it justice and bring it back. And there's a small team that was working with him to prototype it. Um, uh, geez, what feels like a really long time ago now. Um, and that that was that was a process, and and it was a wonderful partnership with the publisher too, 2K, mm -hmm. to sort of give the opportunity to us to say, oh yeah, sure, you can take a turn-based game that. Um, you know, there really isn't a precedent out there right now for huge AAA games to have to have that sort of timeless design, and 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 we'll give it sort of these these AAA production values and bring it back to the fold. Um, so we're 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 really excited that we had the opportunity to to now make a sequel and, and hopefully keep it going. That's one of the things that I really appreciate about 2K. They're not a noisy publisher, but they they uh, get involved with some pretty uh, elaborate and um, ambitious games. Uh, and they surprise us as a game publisher over and over again with the kind of consistent quality with a lot of the titles. And you're right that we weren't expecting AAA, uh, you know, cutscenes and sort of movie-style production values with XCOM. Was that an important pillar right from the beginning with you guys? It's like, look, we have to modernize this. We this is an audience out there that's going to want that eye candy. We have to do that. Absolutely, there was multiple components going on concurrently, and and you know Jake was was focused on the mechanics of it and what he wanted to do to sort of to bring those back and modernize the design and make sure that that it was up to speed with the trends. But there was concurrently with our project art director Greg Furch, uh, there was a team going on that that did this pre visualization, which we released a few years ago when when Enemy Unknown came out, so you could Google it and check it out. But it was sort of this pre visualization of gameplay on this farm map 
that we said, here's what we would do with the UI, with the gameplay and the, and the fidelity of the visuals if we had the opportunity to bring it back. And it was a huge component of 2K buying into what we wanted to do with it nice. and then getting behind us and saying, yes, this could be uh, a legitimate um, um, game in, 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 in the modern landscape. Now, Mark, you are a designer on the game. Did you work on the uh, the last XCOM as well, or how are, are you recent to Firaxis? Uh I'm fairly recent. My my first and only project so far has been XCOM 2. Um, I obviously played a lot of of any unknown anime fan. Congratulations! That's awesome. Yeah. How long have you How long have you been there? Uh almost three ish years. Yeah, yeah. three ish years. Right what, what an amazing first game, man! That's a, that's fantastic. I assume they'll all go this well. <laughs> <laughs> so t tell us about you know your story and getting uh, involved. I mean, Fraxis is one of the most respected brands, one of the most respected names in games, man. How'd you get there? Uh, I Just kind of blind luck, I think. I, Garth actually... <gasps> yeah, this guy! Garth, Garth scouted me. He emailed one of my... I came kind of directly out of grad school um, and threw together a website real quick. Garth emailed my professor, and then next thing I knew, I was you know on the phone interviewing, then at Braxis interviewing, and somehow got the job. Did you uh, wear an XCOM sweatshirt to the interview? I didn't. I okay. Good move. I think, I think I wore like I was way overdressed. Like I wore like a shirt and tie. Oh, fantastic! Like, I don't remember that. Oh uh, man, sure. Yeah. Garth, no, Garth no you got to take pictures of those dudes that show up in suits and ties, man. That's future blackmail material. I love it. Yeah. No, Mark and Mark has been awesome. He has played such a such a critical role right out of school on this game. Yeah. Working with design and and designing so many of the elements himself on the strategy layer. Um, so he's been he's been a huge win for the project. Yeah, it's it's been really great. Um, so Mark, I, what, what did you fix? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> everything. Yeah. I, uh, strategy prototypes did you make? I did a good amount of strategy. So yeah, my work that I kind of did when I started was I'm also a gameplay programmer. So mm -hmm. um, it'd be kind of weird for like as a designer to come in and be like just start telling people what to do all the time. Um, so I obviously helped with design meetings and stuff, but I started out mostly working on the procedural level stuff, so mm -hmm. get tools for the, uh, the level designers uh, in the game, and then eventually shifted to being like the, the main strategy layer guy, so I would make, I'd quickly throw together prototypes so we could try out ideas and iterate really fast, and, and then eventually turned into me being, you know, kind of the point programmer and uh, designer with Jake on the strategy layer, and then, you know, eventually turned into balancing and all this other stuff. You, I mean, got, just, you got to roll with the issues, I guess, right, as they come up? Yeah, you know, depending on where you are in the projects, I might be like a full gameplay programmer. <laughs> um, you, you wear know, many hats. What's on, whatever's on fire, I'll, I'll try to help and, and And you could thank Mark for a lot of the difficulty that you might have been encountering. Oh, it's, a, it's an impossible games. game. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much. Now, it's just you three at Firaxis, right? So you two guys and the dude behind you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just we made the. That door just leads outside. And it's yeah, it just out right outside the front door. That's amazing. Now, how big of a team is Firaxis? Uh, we you know we don't talk uh, exact specifics. It's uh, it's it's a, it's a pretty big pretty big team yeah. for play. I can't give you numbers. I'm sorry, yeah, Victor. I want to just recruit and scout some of your people today. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> for, for for a AAA team, we're actually um, um, pretty pretty moderately sized. Mm -hmm. We're on the smaller side. Hence uh, the wearing uh, many hats. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yes. There, there, are, there are a lot of people on the team that, that wear many hats and yeah. do a lot of things. And um, 
a lot of really talented senior people here um, that, that contribute in many ways to the game. The procedural design of, uh, of the levels, talk to me about that, because I think that's one of the key pillars of the, the sequel here, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's one of the core things that we wanted to do. We heard from the fans after Enemy Unknown. Um, they loved the maps, but they wanted more maps. And, mm -hmm. and as you remember, they were, they were sort of handcrafted. Um, and we knew we wanted to sort of crack that code of, of, of procedural maps. Um, so, and, and it really adds this element of, of longevity to the game and, and sort of bringing the player back. Overall, not just procedural maps, we wanted there to sort of be this siren call to the player of, I haven't seen the same thing twice whether it's on the strategy side with the choices that they have, mechanics, we wanted this layer of unpredictability. Yep. Um, so it really feeds into that. And you can't predict layouts anymore on a lower level. You don't know where the spawn points are going to be. You don't know what you're going to get, what objective is going to be procedurally um, created on the map uh, that, that also has procedural geometry. So it just feeds into the whole package of, of everything being different every time you play. It also feeds into the uh, the time and the clock counting down on you in a really big way as well, right? Because there's that yes. extra pressure of like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And so yeah. some missions go beautifully and then you get out and it's like, oh God, I'm getting this. And then the next mission, you're just like, oh my God, they're spawning right on top of me. Like, I guess that's part of the challenge is you, you don't want to be unfair, but you want to kind of keep you know, juicing the uh, the player and challenging them. Yeah, yeah. I think the big, you know, the big challenge with it is getting that handcrafted feel that EU had, you know, great tactical combat, but also the replayability that Garth's talking about. So a lot of work went into that, trying to, you know, make sure even though stuff is procedurally generated and we randomly place patrols and objectives and respawn points, making sure that's all, you know, balanced and fair and you still get that great tactical gameplay that... Uh, enemy unknown and within we're, we're known for and the timers as well i mean the mission timers are are, are such a new component and um you know and we hear all feedback we know that there's you know there's some mixed opinions some on them for your first for, for, for your first impression but yeah you know not every not every map has mission timers but what we really like them because one of the things that we wanted to do from a high level was sort of force you to relearn the game and you're not just going back into enemy unknown and using the same exact micro tactics yeah 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 it's sort of this fun twist that that, that encourages you to use uh the me mechanisms in a new way well it's a risk and reward right i mean you know yeah. you've got to get up there and you got to solve whatever the objective is but you are also putting yourself in harm's way and and you lose those characters forever which is uh yes. heartbreaking i lost myself yesterday thanks guys oh. thank you so much I never play with yourself so good tip right there never play with yourself while you're playing XCOM. but uh break it down for uh, you know there might be a few people that are watching this video because we're going to re uh, post it to our various video services out there youtube and whatever um that may not be super familiar with the allure of XCOM, but also the story of XCOM 2. So t tell us kind of why this game is significant as a, as a brand, as a, as a whole sort of franchise, but also what you guys did with XCOM 2 that, that really typifies it. I mean, I truly believe why XCOM is so significant is it's a strategy game. Mm -hmm. It, it, it um, obviously has that legacy from the originals in the early 90s. But there, there isn't quite a strategy game like it with, with how the pieces are all put together. Um, you're fending off an alien invasion, uh, and you have this, this really cool high-level gameplay where you have your own base, you're in command of your own personnel, both soldiers, but then also scientists and engineers, because you need to advance technology to keep up with the enemies that, that are invading Earth. Um, and then you also have, so you have that high-level portion, but then you also have the boots on the ground component, 
where you take those soldiers from your base and you actually have to strike at the heart of the aliens in these firefights on the ground in these really cool, tense, turn-based battles. And then you get sort of these combat puzzles on, on those missions that are really interesting because your soldiers can level up and the aliens have all these unique abilities and there's all these really cool components to that. All of that tied together is, is what I think makes XCOM special. Um, I'm trying to sum it up for you, yeah. but there's so much there. There is, yeah. yeah. Last night I fought an alien that uh, well, was a human, and then he turned into like a clay face from Batman. Oh, kind yes. of. It just this giant thing, and he came up, and he's the guy that killed my character. He just went, whoop, and, <laughs> and I was done. But it was... yeah, that's, our, that's our faceless, and that's one of the surpri many surprises that we have with our enemies there. But there's so much, there's so much to it, and, and why I'm so excited about it. I love all types of games, all types of genres, but... XCOM 2, in particular, it's a sequel to Enemy Unknown, the original alien invasion. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're taking sort of a unique narrative approach where, yeah. because Enemy Unknown was so hard, what would the world be like if you lost, if XCOM lost in Enemy Unknown, which a lot of our fans did yeah. in Enemy Unknown. So yeah. we have this world of an alien-occupied Earth, so the tables are kind of turned, and now you're this guerrilla resistance force, and you need to take back Earth. You need to now rebuild XCOM from the ground up. Um, and that feeds into all these new mechanics with with concealment and having sort of the, the, these more stealth-focused units um, and, and, and sort of uh, striking at the alien operations with, with guerrilla warfare, sabotaging facilities, things like that. Yeah, more rogue kind of assaults and stuff. Is, is the, um, the bladed sort of combat, is that a new feature in X, yes. XCOM yep. 2? Yeah, I love that. It's, that's so satisfying to <laughs> slice those aliens in half. I love that so much. Yeah, it only, it only gets better as that, as that guy levels up, as the, the Ranger class. Um, Get some pretty crazy abilities with the sword, you know, chain together a bunch of kills. So I had an, uh, I had I an awesome ranger for one mission last night. Lost him too. <laughs> that, so guys, Victor, you guys are merciless. The same way. Yeah, yeah. Mark is trying to tell you there's cool stuff, Victor. If you can get to it, yeah. you can keep your guys alive, and you'll be able to play with these cool yeah. abilities. Are you hearing that a ton, even more with XCOM 2? It's been out for a week now, so are you starting to hear like, oh my god, I can't deal? Like, is it? Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I'd love to hear what, what Mark has to say. Personally, I'm, I'm very proud of, of, of that. You know, XCOM has always been about challenge, even the, the, the original XCOM. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of a game that um, doesn't care about you or, 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 your, <laughs> or, or what you feel about it. And, and, and it's a simulation that should be very, very hard to master and overcome with lots of interesting decisions at once. So I, I, I took a lot of pride in, in how the direction design went with making this game very, very challenging. It, it feels that much more satisfying when you do finally master it. Yeah, and I mean, we, you know, we give you all the tools, probably more tools than you need. Um, so if you can kind of get the basic understanding of how stuff works and then, you know, devise a strategy, you should be okay. And the game is, the game's balanced around you losing a few guys. So yeah. I think it's like, don't go into it. Like, oh, I lost a guy, I'm doomed. Yeah. Because we, we expect that to happen. We want that to happen. It's, al it's almost as important. I mean, it is as important to focus on the meta game of building your base and getting all of the resources to be able to recruit and train and hire uh, the uh, engineers and stuff to just keep. You, you can't really just go out and just slaughter unless you're. Can people do that? Can you play the game with the first four characters if you're that good? Um, oh, man. Did I don't... you do it? Uh, I'm, I'm sure there are some madmen out there that, that, that would do that. That would and be an amazing stream to watch. This is a, uh, we should talk to Beagle Rush, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we have some really, really awesome, passionate, um, community members and fans that, um, they continue to, they never cease to amaze me with what they do with the game when they're streaming yeah. and how they, how they play it and 
they make it harder for themselves and they overcome. So um, there's some crazy things. Like yeah, that. yeah. I saw Beagle had like he posted his picture of his campaign stats on the hardest difficulty and he had zero deaths. <laughs> I was like, what? It was Iron Man Legend. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable! That's amazing. Okay, Blake, do we have any questions for these guys? I want to involve involve the viewers right now. Yeah, a couple of different people have asked inevitably about the console version. Okay. I don't know if they can talk about it, but who asked? Let's give them Let's let's give them the shout out. Rikomi, Swangor, and I think a few other people. Okay, so everybody wants to know, including me, because that was the amazing, wonderful surprise about Enemy Unknown is that it came out on the consoles at the same time as the PC version what uh but this time you guys are opting for pc uh and we don't know about a console so everybody wants to know about the console you're on the spot go uh yeah we're we're, we're huge fans of all platforms we decided early with xcom 2 to focus on on, on one platform mm -hmm. i'm sorry for anyone that has heard this answer before but yeah. Yeah. it really did allow the team to not split mindshare right. and to focus on all of these crazy features and goodies that you see yeah. in the game allowed us not to compromise on what we wanted to do design-wise for the game. And then when you look at things like modding, which you can tell yeah. about. Yeah, modding is a big focus. There's already, like, I checked the other day, there was, like, over 200 mods over yeah. the weekend or something. Which wow. Eighty, ninety thousand people downloading yeah. the top one. So Having mod the day one, you know, it's a, it was a big focus, you know, and it was a pillar from the beginning. So kind of every system that we built, we had that focus of, allowing it to be moddable and, and users to get into it. So that's a very, and that's obviously a very... Is that going to transport to PC? Is that going to be something that you guys can, or to console? Are you guys going to be able to do that on console? Uh, so we, we don't we don't have uh, any any plans to, 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 to release the game on console right now. Okay. So right now we're, we're focusing on, um, on, on PC. Just but making this the best thing that you can. What's that? I said, who knows what the future can hold? All right, all right, cool. Well, I, I have to ask about the tablets as well, because you guys uh, obviously uh, gained a whole huge following of uh, XCOM players out there that were downloading it to the iPad. Did it come out for the Android as well? The last uh, one? Yes, yeah. it yeah. did. Anyone known did. It yeah. did. Um, uh, again, we don't have any, any plans for, for, for mobile platform right now for XCOM 2. Okay, everybody in the world can quote us on that right there. So you have no plans right now for the, uh, the other <laughs> versions. All right, cool. So uh, modding is going on like crazy. Um, and I, I have to know, Mark, is this stuff that like you're in grad school, you're training, you're, you're learning, you know, computer science and, and programming and all kinds of stuff. But obviously, you're also spending every night and your weekends playing video games. And this must, this must have been one of them. Were you like designing this while you were in school? Were you going, oh, well, this should be in there and that should be in there? No, I mean, you know, if you're, you know, a designer, you obviously look at games, you know, take a step back and try to evaluate, you know, what you would change. I mean, that's obviously something I thought about for, you know, going into the interview was what I liked a lot about XCOM and what I might change. Um, and he told us everything was perfect, which is why. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. Uh, really brown nose. I mean, that's how you get in. Uh, it's actually the opposite. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but uh, I, I definitely didn't, you know, think of anything to the scope and... Kind of, because XCOM 2 is just kind of this giant game with these crazy systems that interweave and then somehow, you know, manages to be a coherent experience. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I definitely, you know, grad school mark was not on that level <laughs> at that point. But. 
Well, the uh, multiplayer is a big focus of this game as well, and I, I have to be honest, I've not I've not played XCOM multiplayer mostly because I'm too scared out of my mind to go up against anybody else that <laughs> plays this very you know really well. Uh, but talk about multiplayer in XCOM too, and is it an evolution on, on a multiplayer we've seen in this franchise before, or is it brand new? Is it ground up? Uh, there's a lot of new stuff about it. I, I think at the, the base level, it works in a similar way where it's a 1v1 deathmatch of you can send in a squad and units are worth points, so you'll build, and you build it out of the aliens, which all have new crazy abilities and stuff. But, you know, it works the same, and then you go into a map, and we use our procedural system to generate the multiplayer maps, so that's always different as well, which is cool. That's great. Um, can you, yeah. can you uh, um, trap the other players' characters and, and have them be your own? Can you take them as hostage? Can you do anything like that? Yeah, the, uh, there are, you know, psionic abilities and, you know, hacking robotic enemies in there, and you can, you know, you can generate more units by various means. Uh, you can, yeah, there's a lot of, the aliens have, like, really crazy abilities, so there's a lot of uh, wacky stuff that happens in multiplayer. It's fun to take them and, and use them for yourself after getting, uh, your ass handed to you yeah. in a single player game. Yeah, yeah. Use those crazy alien abilities against someone else. It's 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 a joy. What has the feedback been from uh, from players right now? I mean, what? And I know that universally, uh, I think that everybody's appreciative that, that we've got a sequel out there. But certainly, you must be getting comments that uh, you're taking to heart and you're kind of trying to uh, retune and and put back into you know iterations of this game. What what, what are people saying? Oh yeah, most definitely. When we're you have a team so passionate about this franchise, you can't help but sort of absorb everything being said. And, and of course we love, I mean, we're, we're getting a lot of really nice, nice feedback, which is uh, um, nice after all of the time that, that has been yeah, put in to, to try to deliver a game that, that, that's a little bold and, and not just um, a straightforward sequel. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of risks that were taken. Um, and, uh, and, and we love hearing the good feedback, but of course, you know, there, there, there's, there's feedback as well. We're fully aware of, of um, um, a small portion of people that have said that they've had some performance issues. The team is going to continue to um, support the game post-launch. Uh, we want to make sure that everyone can play it and enjoy it um, because uh, that's what we want. We want you guys to be able to play it and enjoy yeah, it. So the team's right. constantly looking at that stuff. Are you guys doing your own mods as well internally? Are you creating some stuff to kind of show people what the engine is capable of? Uh, we, yeah, so we... Um, we did some example mods that are, are there, and then we actually hired Long War Studios, who are kind of famous for the Long War mod of Enemy Within. Mm. Uh, so we hired them to make three day one mods that kind of serve as good example templates. Of they, one is they added a new enemy, and they added a new uh, weapon type, and they added this whole new skill system that it can go on top of your soldiers. Uh, so those are, were very good examples as well. Um, personally, we're not like modding it a lot but we you know we're trying to be responsive and help people and put out documentation more and more so yeah there was only the um uh there was enemy unknown and then enemy within with yes. the last XCOM. so really it was like one expansion or one dlc with the last game is that kind of the model that you guys are thinking about for XCOM 2 or are you going to keep bringing new content up well, I mean, it sort of depends on, on 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 the response we get. We we did we do have plans for um, a digital deluxe edition, which, which we've announced. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have these these packages of content that are that are going to be coming pretty fast and furious soon. Um, that are more like uh, traditional DLCs, but they're going to have uh, 
the final two are going to have gameplay embedded in them, okay. which is be very, very cool. We're not talking about the details of them right now. But uh, I think people will be pleased. We're, we're very excited making them right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay. Now, we, we've uh, seen XCOM kind of traverse into other territories with, uh, with the shooter. Uh, were you guys involved in in, in the uh, what was the shooter called again? Earth XCOM. Uh, the Bureau. Uh, yeah, XCOM. the Bureau. Yeah. Were you were you guys involved with that before? Uh, no, 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 we were not. That, that was a that was a two K Marin um, project. We we you know we we spoke to them a little bit about a high level narrative stuff, but um, that was a, a, a not a, a co developed game. Is when you see a game like this with all of its elaborate storytelling and the details and the characters that you guys have obviously spent a lot of time with. There is that idea that oh man, this could be morphed into other genres or other kinds of things. Is that an interest at Firaxis? Is there any kind of appetite to to build a different style of game around XCOM, or are you 100% focused and satisfied in the strategy genre? Um, I think uh, I, th I think uh, Firaxis is. You know, we're we're built on strategy. Um, we're very proud of the fact that we make premier strategy titles. Um, it doesn't mean that, of course, we don't have fun conversations every now and then. And, and you know, we're really excited about XCOM um, and, and, and that design sort of as a platform. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we're, we're, we're very strategy through and through. Is there, uh, and I know you can't really tell me too much about this kind of thing, but you, you can see the cinematic kind of attraction of this property. Do you guys oh. have discussion about you know, a, an animated series or comic books or, or a, a movie or something based around this? We're writing one, right? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you know, as a person who made the game, that stuff would be awesome. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, you know, take a part in making it. But there is, like, the, there's actually a, a prequel novel to XCOM 2 that was written by Greg Keyes, XCOM 2 Resurrection, which kind of bridges the gap. So um, that kind of... And that's available already? That's out there yep. right now? Yeah, cool. Yep. So... I mean, I think all that stuff's awesome. I I don't know of anything right now happening, but you know, it's a very interesting universe, especially I think the the turn in canon that we took for XCOM two, having you lost, and now there's this you know alien shadow government over the world. So yeah, I love I love that Rebel Alliance kind of vibe to it. It's awesome, bringing the band back together, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, we, I want to give uh, our viewers some tips. Some, you know, people are playing this game right now, and I'm, we're going to get a couple more questions here in a second. But um, let's get three tips from each of you guys. Different tips. So, Mark, let's start with you right now. Three. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Or, you, or Garth can start. Go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep we're it good simple. In the game. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's right. I I have people die on me too, Victor. Yeah. It's not just <laughs> these tips might be kind of half baked. Um, so this one's pretty pretty darn obvious, but uh, you always want to keep your soldiers in cover, uh, ideally high cover, and use Overwatch to your advantage. Mm -hmm. um, and you want to take advantage of ambushing, which is using Overwatch in concealment before you take your first shot at the enemy. It allows you to most efficiently uh, take out um, the first group uh, before they can get to cover. And that's something you want to do because a lot of enemies can, can spawn um, on the map. Um, I say cover, use Overwatch, and then on the strategy layer, for me personally, um, I, I, I generally like taking advantage of the Guerrilla Tactics School because I want to increase my squad size early so you don't just have four, four uh, squaddies on a map. You want, you want a strong roster, and you need to start building up your soldiers and, and giving them some gameplay depth if you want to survive. So search the map and get the resources to, to uh, keep hiring your, source, your soldiers. 
Yep, yep, and, be, and make sure you can upgrade them through the Guerrilla Tactics School. Gotcha. Okay, Mark. That were, those were all mine. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I can get specific. Uh, so, you know, flashbangs disable mental abilities. So if a sectoid is mind-controlling somebody, you can flashbang them, and it will drop the mind control, and his, his side zombies will die. So that's that's very cool and useful yeah, to know. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, on the strategy layer, uh, make sure you're utilizing your engineers at pretty much all times. They they can always pretty much be doing something. So yeah, you can yeah. actually staff now. Yeah, in so XCOM you can. There's, there's kind of this worker placement side game in the strategy layer where you move engineers around to clear facilities or build facilities or improve the functionality of existing facilities. So how do you find more engineers? I want one more tip from you, but how do you find engineers uh, in <laughs> the game? Because I've, I've Victor, only got... seems like a desperate personal question. It is a very desperate personal question. I've got a, a lot of stuff to build. How do I find my engineers? There's there's a few, uh, you know, faucets for engineers. There's there's obviously missions will sometimes give you engineers. Um, Resistance HQ, you can uh, use supplies to buy engineers sometimes. Then when the black market shows up, a lot of times you can spend intel to get engineers there. Okay. And also, there's resistance rumors that appear in a semi-random fashion, and sometimes an engineer will be the word for that. Yeah. So, and those can appear after missions and sometimes chain together. So always kind of be scanning those as well. And so what I'm hearing, engineers, the most uh, valuable resource in the game. I, they're pretty it's tough to say they're the most valuable. It's tough to say anything is the most valuable, but they're it, very important. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird because a lot of times you can trade a different resource for another one. So it's not a bad decision to go after supplies or intel when, you know, if you don't have, you know, if you have a lot of intel and you don't really need to make contact, you can potentially convert that into the staff you need or weapon upgrades you need or, you know, stuff like that. So. Awesome. There's a lot of interplay between all the resources on strategy. Okay, that tip was just for me. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have another general tip for everybody? Another general tip. Well, that was a long tip just for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, make sure you deal with stun lancers because they can knock you unconscious. All oh, those things. Holy. <laughs> those things drive me crazy because you think they're okay. They, you think they're kind of harmless, and then you die from one of those things too, right? They can kill you as well. They can knock you unconscious. So yeah. they can... They can melee attack after two moves, so yep. don't think you're safe. Um, but, you know, the worst thing they can do besides, you know, they don't do a lot of damage, so if you have full health, you probably won't die. But if you get knocked unconscious, then you, uh, you'll you have to deal with carrying them around and stuff. So is try there, to keep them in a way possible. Is there a character in the map on the on the alien side that is, uh, oh, geez, the series just going off right now. That's hilarious. Uh, is there a, a character? She's going to answer. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had that happen before. <laughs> she was going to start getting into this interview. Oversized zombies, Victor. Is there a character on the alien side that freaks the hell out of you guys? Like, that appears and you go, oh, shit. We're not going to get out of this This one. We're done. Uh, there's a lot, all of them. Um, but the, the, the Vipers are pretty terrifying for many reasons. Just if you have any inkling of a snake phobia it's sort of your nightmare come, yeah. come, come true and then they also have the ability to pull you out of cover which is your security blanket as that, a player that so. happened last night <laughs> yeah Grab, Another found uh, it. yeah it was terrible <laughs> terrific way to go all right let's get a couple more questions from the uh from the audience from the viewers okay um you guys mentioned the stun lancers a minute ago hair of abyss and soul man want to know whose idea was the stun lancers 
Who's confused? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we pulled him in front of the this. camera and. Whose idea was the Sun Lancer? Yeah. Uh, it's probably Jake, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Anything super sadistic is probably Jake. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you got another one, buddy? Yeah. Uh, Hunter Seaborn wants to know what do the XCOM developers think of microtransactions? Ah, that's a good question. What, uh, what do you guys think of uh, microtransactions? It's a hot button topic, uh, you know. I didn't say hot topic button, right? No, it's a <laughs> no. It's uh, you know, people are definitely uh, uh, trying to wrap their minds around this new industry that we have that is uh, rife with microtransactions. Are, are how do you guys feel about them? Are they a, a future part of uh, XCOM Two? We don't have we don't have plans for them right now. Yeah. Um, we're more fans of the traditional. Um, pay one price and then you get unlimited access for this nice uh, bundle of goods and gameplay. Yeah, yeah. we have a, a big focus on uh, player value. So even you know the post-release DLC we're making, um, we really are making a good effort to make sure that it's worth the player's dollar. And then obviously we can't do like little changes anymore because we open the whole game up to modding. So people can just do that. So um, we really you know. It makes us step up our game with the DLC, so we're we're really excited about kind of the value that of the new content that we can make. What do you mean by that, Mark? You can't you can't do little changes. Well, I mean we can you know we can you will do patches and you know maybe just some balance stuff, but yeah. you know we, you can't you know when you open up modding this much. Oh, and, right, because it would break their mods if you did too big of well, a yeah. You could break mods, and you know there's there's not a lot of value in you know changing just a few numbers around when. And trying to sell that when it's just like you could mod that yourself, and uh, so right, right. right. So we really had a focus to make you know all of our, our post-release content you know have a great for access quality that you know players expect. That's a great um, that's a great observation about the the quality of for access games. I think that's something that you guys have really done a, a remarkable job at maintaining that uh, that caliber over many many types of games over the years. Why? I think the culture of this studio is 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 pretty um, un, un, unparalleled. I feel lucky to be a part of it. I haven't been here for the whole history, obviously. Yeah. So just a small part of it in the in, in the past seven years or so. But this studio is built on awesome creativity with Sid Meier and and and, and civilization, um, and having that framework there, and having these core pillars of building games that stand the test of time, and making sure the player has interesting choices, um, and always thinking player first. And it sort of piggybacks off what Mark was saying about. Um, the, the, the player value um, for the money that they're paying and the, the time that they have in the game and, and that we're not wasting their time is very important to us. Our designers here are very cognizant of that and, and they, they are constantly, it's like they have sort of the, the, the ghost version of the community over their shoulder all the time. They're always thinking of that. It's terrifying. And, <laughs> and, 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 but I think that's really important is, is um, uh, making sure that we're delivering goods that, that the community's happy with is, is what keeps us here and allows us to make more. Awesome. Now, Sid Meier was a character in the last game, and he's a character in this game. Is is he the same character, or what's what's how did how did you work him in? He's an updated Cy Warrior. Yeah. Oh, well, he's you know we have you know certain super soldiers as we call them with you know they're just kind of beasts that have crazy a bunch of abilities and stuff. Um, so Sid was one in Anyone Known, and he's also one in XCOM Two. So and there's a few others that. You can probably look around and find or, you know, try out people in the community or something. Yep. And you might be a super soldier. You don't want to spoil it. Well, I'm sure the internet already knows. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. But does Sid work on XCOM? Does he, does he play test with you guys? Is he involved in the game at all? Or how, how does that work? 
he, he definitely gives feedback. Mm -hmm. He's not part of the, you know, in the trenches um, development team. He has his own, his own uh, projects, but um, he works with Jake, talks to the designers, um, plays the builds, stuff like that. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So does he come to the office every day and, and oh, yeah. yeah, he's there. All he's, the, yeah. When I leave at night, his car is still one of the last ones there. He's in his office coding away. It's, it's amazing yeah, how yeah. he's still in love with that. That's amazing. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I think it starts with the, with the leader, right? It starts with that. Yeah. I, and you guys are also based in a, uh, a, what's the city that you guys are in? I've never been actually to the Firaxis office. Where are you guys? We're right outside Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. Right. Yeah, I thought so. Yep. And, and there aren't a lot of, a lot of other game developers in that area, right? There's some MMO yeah. stuff. Up yeah. There. Well, but, uh, Bethesda is, yeah. is, is close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's Animax, which is, which is affiliated with them. And then there's some other, um, other smaller companies as well. I've been to the, uh, uh, no, I never, I don't think I've ever been out that way. But do you think that that being based where you are has been a part of, uh, you know, the core philosophy and the, uh, and the sort of focus on quality? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's history here with, with some um, core sort of legendary developers when you look at, when you look at Sid and, and some other folks who, who, who started game studios around here, yeah. they used to work together and they're doing other things. I think there's a bit of a, of, of a legacy here in this area um, that has helped sort of cultivate this ground of, of these studios that have blossomed. Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed that as a trend, you know, as uh, I've been very fortunate to go and visit studios all over the place. And I feel like sometimes when there's a little, you know, and it's not like you're completely isolated, but the, the, the geography plays a part, I feel, in the way that the team kind of bands together. I mean, look at Bioware in Edmonton. Nice shout out on your sweatshirt, by the way. But it, fe it feels like, uh, uh, you know, where people make the stuff has a part to play in the quality of the stuff. You know, and sometimes I think when you're in a, uh, a saturated environment like San Francisco, and I'm not dogging any developers down there, there's a little more moving around and shifting and team breakup and fracturing and stuff. And I guess you kind of avoid that a little bit when, when you're a big fish. There's no doubt about, uh, I'm a huge believer, and you know, Bethesda's talked about this as well, even recently with Fallout 4. I'm a yeah. huge believer in keeping teams uh, together, having that sort of uh, sustained knowledge across projects Games are so complex and so interdependent and so many discipline, uh, specialized disciplines that have to work together. To have teams grow together as well, I think is is uh, extremely important. Um, and yeah, this is an environment that I, th I think that I think fosters that. And people love being here too. It's a great culture at this studio. Awesome. Do you guys want to make fun of the guy that's behind you? Oh, Kevin. Oh, yeah. no, Kevin. <laughs> no, no. Love Kevin. Oh, no. He's going to go. Kevin. Is, no, is no, Kevin no. pretending to be busy or is he really busy? Yes, that's all he does all day. <laughs> <laughs> I assume he just tweets. And yes. That's, it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Blake, do we have any more questions? Uh, yeah, here's another tough one. Okay. Uh, Mr. Stainer uh -oh. and Epiphany Phoenix have both asked, what can we expect from coming DLC expansions? Yeah, I guess people want some deets. What can we expect from the DLC? Well, did they not hear me? Yeah. The well, first time? I think we heard good good stuff is what we heard. Cool, <laughs> cool stuff. It's going to be awesome. Look, we did, uh, Kevin, we released the titles, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we can tell you Anarchy's Children, mm -hmm. which is going to be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Anarchy's Children is going to be character customization focused. Um, and it is some wild and crazy oh, stuff. Man, awesome. We can't talk about the details of it yet beyond that. 
but um, yeah. it's, it's driving me crazy looking at it. It's, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. in development right now, yeah. starting, starting to go into test, um, and, and we can't wait to tell you more about that. Um, then we have Alien Hunters and Shen's Last Gift. And there will be gameplay with those, but we cannot talk about that yet. Yeah. Okay, so lots more uh, value and cool uh, augmentations for your game. I can't wait for that. Are you guys feeling like you can put XCOM to bed for a while? Or is there still a, a sense of, uh, you know, there's more stories to tell. Maybe there's a, a, a potential third part of a trilogy that you want to get into. You don't have to reveal any of that stuff, but I just sure we, can talk, we can't talk about can DLC, talk, but we can talk about, about that. No, but uh, <laughs> I mean, like, how are you guys feeling? No, like, are, yeah. you want, oh. do you want to take a rest and try something else? Or is, uh, is XCOM still uh, getting you out of bed with a big smile every day? It does for me. Um, I, I, I truly, truly feel honored to work on this franchise. Um, I believe it's a timeless franchise. I love the gameplay mechanics, and I love what the publisher allows us to do with it. Um, and as long as we keep delivering high quality, um, it's something that I, I'd always be interested in. Yeah, working on XCOM is great. I'm definitely, well, it is like my first game, so I'm like, I'm not tired of working on it. I'll keep <laughs> uh, So, and obviously we're still looking to support XCOM 2 post-release. Um, so, yep. yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great franchise to work on. Um, and I, I still think there's a lot of room in the, you know, the core gameplay where we can try new stuff and shake it up a lot. Like, as you can see from EU to XCOM 2, we, you know, it looks kind of similar at some points, but then it, like, it feels completely different and there's yeah. all these systems. So. And that is actually one of my yeah. favorite parts of XCOM 2 that Mark just touched on. Like, when you hear people, when you look at the screenshots and you, you hear, okay, you still have a base and you still have battles, but when you're playing it, when you're playing the details of this game, it feels very, very different from Enemy Unknown, yeah. which I'm so proud that it turned out that way. And I, and I think it's a bold move. I think it would have been uh, a little bit simpler to do a more derivative, you know, where we're keeping these same exact systems in place, but you really have to relearn the game. Well, I, I feel like XCOM Enemy Unknown and Within were kind of training missions in a way for right. XCOM 2. Right. Like you get the mechanics, you understand how everything kind of works. And right. then you turn the screws, man. You make it uh, procedural, <laughs> and you put a timer on this thing, and it's like, oh my god, the pressure just doesn't stop. And then you go back to the base, and you know you, you've got a different side of the alien invasion that's coming in, and you're just like, oh, it's like alarms are going off all over the damn place in this game. I like that. Yeah, XCOM, just a tutorial for XCOM too. I mean, it feels that way to me. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, yeah. I like yeah. I like that I like that ratchet up. Now, Mark, you, uh, there are a lot of viewers that are watching this, that watch our shows, that watch our content, uh, that want to make games. So, uh -huh. I know that they would appreciate some of your uh, your wisdom and your insight. Now, you you had a dream to do this. How much of that dream is how you actually saw it realized? I mean, is is the job that you thought you were going to do is that the job that you're doing uh pretty much yeah i mean that's you know it seems like you know it's a lot of fun to do and it is and then you know, there's there's obviously a lot of days that aren't that glamorous where you're you're kind of doing shit work but yeah but it's like it feels so good to be part of this team it's like the the biggest most complicated team you know group project that you can think of and being around all these talented people that are passionate um it's really amazing i, I it's hard to explain um it's is there it's a, all is more there, than come true in that that respect. That's awesome. That's great. Was there a hazing ritual at all? Did you did you have to shave any part of your body or like run around the campus or anything like like anything weird happen? Let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> it's just all secret. Practice great secrets. Blood in, blood out. That's right. But it's, it's also interesting too, and and 
Mark and I both came from graduate programs um, that were focused on entertainment technology and games and things like that. But mm -hmm. Mark, you know, the reason that for people interested in getting in games, the reason that we were so uh, intrigued by Mark was he sort of took the lead on game prototypes himself. Yep. Uh, he made these awesome prototypes. He got he got he got his hands dirty. You know, your resume is is um it's very important for undergrad and making sure that you know you can do uh, get your baseline core stuff uh, uh, done. But in games, you have to prove that 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 you can work with the team and actually make something. You need an artifact to show. And he showed us quite a few examples of different. Yeah, things. yeah. I think I think my website is still like the exact website because <laughs> I haven't updated it. But yeah, I had a lot of you know playable prototypes like on my website, and um, I think the best thing you can do if you're looking to get in games is to just make games and then be able to talk about exactly what you did and what you learned. Um, and then as far as being a designer, what what's helped me out, especially at Fraxis, which has very designer program, designer programmer history, is um, really having that hard skill of programming or, or something else has been a big help because you know when. You're not doing a lot of design. You can always help out in some other way. And when I first started, like I said, I, I did a lot of programming, helping out with the procedural stuff, and then prototyping the strategy layer. So yeah, that's certainly I think that applies to um, production and anything. I mean, I get a lot of people asking about television and doing all of this stuff. And, and yeah. the the more slashes you can add to the job title, the better problem solver and the better solution you are for whatever gets made and the, the the more sort of options you've got for a career i think right absolutely yeah absolutely and mark is who is far more talented than i am but along those lines i tried to make a role for myself when i came to Firaxis. I, I i also made a game in grad school um I, I was the role of producer i did some design work on it i composed the music and i wanted to get it into the igf which helped get me that opportunity what I would recommend to people wanting to get in is, is make a project that can be deemed shippable mm -hmm. and try, try to get exposure for it um, that way and find a role for yourself. Just like you were saying, Victor, I don't have coding skills at all, but I figured out how else could I help. When I got to Firaxis, I taught myself Unreal with the help of other talented people here. I did level design. Yep. I did things that were a little bit outside of the box to show this is what I want to do to be a part of this team. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Talk to me about some of the team building kind of stuff that you guys do at Firaxis. I'm not asking for a job, okay? I just I, I just want to know about uh, the, hypothetically if I were no, no, but I want to know about the internal sort of uh, you know just the atmosphere. Like, what 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 are some of the things? Like, did you guys go and rent out a theater to go see Star Wars together or, or something? Like, what uh, we did exactly we did. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we'll, we'll sometimes. You know, go watch movies together, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of board games being played at lunch and video games at lunch together. Um, we obviously do, you know, sometimes meals and stuff together. Um, you know, basketball when the weather's nice and yeah. my knee's not giving out. I mean, yeah. we're we're well rounded here. That's Soft awesome. In fall 2015 champions, not. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about um, uh, games that you're looking forward to in 2016. You've got a little bit of clearing now. You're not you're not in uh, crunch. You're not trying to get this thing shipped. Well, you are. You've got more stuff to do. But you, like, what what are you kind of trying to carve out space for in your lives that you you're going to be playing later on? Um, there's a lot of games. I, I have a very embarrassing backlog that is probably like two years old. Yeah. But um, more current games. Um, I, I just read. I read a bunch about Firewatch. I'm interested to to give that to give that a go as a sort of as a uh, a father and and I and I have a wife and kids. That that sounds very appealing to me to have sort of a four hour experience that 
is a little more narrative driven that I can that I could play in a in a size chunk. It's a tremendous game. I had the designer Nels Anderson on uh, on this show last week. It was a wonderful experience, and the yeah. game the game is great. What about you, Mark? Uh, well, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I'm just starting to play like Witcher three, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to playing all the great games from 2015. That, uh, but you know that's been announced. I'm looking forward to playing more Darkest Dungeon, which kind of came out recently. Right, we have playing that. Um, that's cool. I think uh, Frozen Synapse two just got announced. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so more strategy. Yeah, and like the Fire Emblem games, like just kind of came out as well. It so. did, and I'm playing. I'm going back and forth between Fire Emblem and XCOM. It is, uh, it's oh, It's like a bounty of strategy happening. <laughs> it's fantastic. Just, my mind is just so, you know, stimulated. Fine now, yeah. What did you guys uh, think of Star Wars? Because everybody talks about it. everybody. Like, what did you guys think? Everybody's I, talking about Star Wars right now. I loved it. Yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought it was really good. I mean, I think some of the criticisms that have been leveled at it are fair. Like. It felt very safe story-wise, mm -hmm. but but I mean I like that story, so it wasn't a, a giant issue for me, and I, I I find myself kind of lost in the narrative or enthralled with you know the movie. So was that a studio-wide kind of vibe? Did most people really dig it? Uh, yeah, I, th I think most people. There's yeah. definitely some naysayers, right? Yeah, you know, there's some movie snobs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah Blake hates it. My, my buddy Blake over here, he's, he was really <laughs> really disappointed with it. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got some pretty good problems with it, and if we get him talking about it, he'll, he'll tell us, and we'll all start to hate it a little bit more. <laughs> My biggest problem, and I've said it many times, is uh, Chewie and Leia don't have their moment together. You know, after uh, the happening, I've heard that from some people. After the event, they just don't. They didn't show that on screen. It's like that still drives me crazy, but I I freaking love that movie. I you know it's been awesome to have you guys on the show. Do we have any more questions? Uh, yeah, I have one last one. One last question. Okay, uh, good. Uh, Diaz wants to know, what are your favorite mods so far for the game? Oh, good question. What are your favorite mods so far for the game? Mine is the Pigeon, uh, the, the, the pigeon Launcher. We have a, an effects artist, very talented effects artist, Steve Jameson, and his Pigeon effect on Enemy Unknown became a little bit infamous <laughs> in the community, where everyone loved the Pigeon effect. They would look for the pigeons on the roofs and all throughout the maps, and the pigeons would just like randomly show up in front of the camera. Yeah, and there's a mod I think that allows you to shoot to shoot them. Yeah, they become the bullets in your gun. Yes, That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so that one's awesome. I think my favorite is just kind of general like all the new customization stuff that's happening because I I spend way too much time just like dressing up my soldiers like dolls and stuff. So you know, there's some like super like tactical ones and there's like goofy ones. So I I'm just all about all the new customization for my soldiers. I love all of that stuff. The characters look fantastic. I just, I love the aesthetic that is the XCOM universe that you've created, man. It's hard for me not to, as a producer, I go, well, this should be an animated show. This would be amazing, <laughs> you know? We agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so cool. Guys, it's been awesome to have you on. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting better at this game. And, uh -huh. and future content for this game and, and, uh, and future announcements from you guys. Hopefully console players get to experience this one soon. Uh, but uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, everybody, go check out uh, XCOM 2. It's a treat. It's a really fantastic treat. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you for watching, everybody. We'll be back a little bit later today, actually. Blake and I are going to do a, a review wrap-up of some of the movies and, and the games and stuff that we've been playing recently. Thanks for watching. Stitcher!